Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes you are. Uh, each week we get together we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, about cars, cars. We? <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony if people want to support this podcast what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. So last week, obviously, we announced this very exciting thing. Tony's coming on Mila Melia. Oh, yeah, brilliant. I fly back from Canada, rush through my trip to get back and do the final preparations for this amazing adventure we're going to go on. Yeah. And the Mila Melia sent me an email and say, oh, we're just missing a couple of bits of documents for your co-driver. And we need his driver's license and he needs to fill out the medical forms. Oh, this go, is me. That's Tony, by the way, the co-driver. So I go, oh, Tony, have you, got the, have you got your driver's license? You got the medical form ready? Oh, don't worry about me. I've got medicals booked in for next week. Here's my license. Look at the license. It's just a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Expired. 22nd yeah. of March. Yeah. And I go, hmm, Tony, I'm not too sure they're going to uh, like the expired license. <laughs> don't worry, son. Got this. I've sent it off. A new one's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I said, Amelia, Amelia, okay, guys, like, just... Do you mind if we send this through in a little bit of time? Like, we're just waiting for a few documents. They're going, okay, but do you need to hurry up? So I get a little bit anxious. So I land from Canada, jet lagged as hell. Tony, have you got that stuff? Getting the medical done in the morning. Haven't got the license pack yet. No. So I'm like, oh God. Then you text me saying, oh, wait, wait, I just checked the post. Got something from the DVLA. And it turned out that you'd sent the wrong form backs or you hadn't completed the renewal form correctly okay so i am despite you guys may think i am stupid yeah. <laughs> in, in, right. a, in, a, in a word like yes i don't read forms basically i need no a- actually you know what i'm gonna back you up you're not stupid but you sometimes lack attention to detail and some common sense no 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 i've got loads of common general sense. knowledge Ma- no, no, no. Oh, general knowledge is good. You can't get me on any of them two. I've got plenty of common sense. It's probably one of my forte's common sense. All right, chill out. But, but I can't read, and I don't read because I've got no attention to detail. I'm not interested. Sure. As in, if someone gives me a piece of paper, I'll look at it, I'll look at the words that I can read, and I'll kind of make out whatever I can make out. If I've got to really sit and read a contract, I get someone else to do it because okay. I'm not doing it. You're in trouble. Basically, I need a PA. So, so anyway... I've I've not followed instructions quite correctly 
and being that you, this is partly your fault, by the way. Well, how is this? No, my no, 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 because you've known me for like this is year seven or six years. You've known me, and you know me now. By now, you should have held my hand, mate. So this is partly your fault because you should have said, "Right, Tony's as thick as shit." <laughs> so he never went to school. So okay, he knows how to earn some money and he knows some stuff. But but paperwork, I am clueless, mate. I don't do it. I'm not interested. Can I just say though, when I text you saying Tony your license has expired yeah, I knew. you went you went don't worry mate already sent off a new one yeah. so, so I was like oh okay this is a guy who works in the motor trade he's usually ahead of the game I was already surprised that you sent me an expired license and hadn't said anything I was like okay so clearly he's already a place it's taken a while to come through I shouldn't be worried little did I know <laughs> Mr. I'm a, I know everything about the motor trade. Well, don't, don't teach me to suck eggs. True. Well, apparently I need to because the man who's worked in the motor trade his whole life doesn't know how to renew his own license. No, 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 no. I, yes. No, no, no. Yes. I, 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 there was a couple of things that I missed and that would have been me rushing. What so, did you miss? Well, I didn't sign the declaration. I filled it out, but I didn't sign it. Okay, pretty critical. So schoolboy, fairly critical, you're right. And I've got to put photo in, <laughs> a new photo. So, but anyway, listen, I was rushing. I do 400 million things a day. So, sure. But anyway, I take full responsibility. This is completely my fault. My only saving grace is I've made him flap. Yeah. So You're I'm winning that. on that point. <laughs> so at the time of recording, we have exactly a week until we'll be on the start line of the Mila Amelia. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly a week. When are we going? Well, you're flying on Tuesday night and we start Wednesday lunch. This literally exactly a week. I don't know how many times I have to say that. Dude, bang on. A week. Precisely. Can I tell you another thing? Right now we'll be on the start line. Can I tell you another thing? Go on. And I really hope this don't happen for all of us. But I'm flapping about the flights. Oh, mate. The The international travel to and from the UK right now is a nightmare. If you're in the UK, you've probably been aware of it because it's been talked about in the news a little bit, but if you live in another country and you're planning to come here, watch out. Because I landed from Canada yesterday, nine and a half hour flight. I wasted an hour and 45 minutes for my bags. There was every single bag carousel in the, this was Terminal 2, was thousands of people standing around. So I went to ask one of the other bag belts. They'd been waiting for two and a half, nearly three hours by the time I was walking out. It'd come from, not Delhi, it'd come from somewhere in India. Nearly three hours they've been waiting for their bags. Yeah. And then on top of that, we're having endless flights being cancelled from, to and from the UK. And yeah, Tony's booked on a quite late flight next Tuesday, the day before the start of the event. And I, I'm equally nervous. I'm a bit worried about that. But at this point, I'm just worried about you actually getting on the event because prior to us going, we have to have submitted your driver's license and a medical form, which Tony said he was getting done today. He went oh, off had this it, very look. expensive medical check then actually didn't get the form completed. <laughs> I, I got the check, but yeah, you're right. You didn't complete the form. I've got to go form. back and do the form. got to go back and get the form signed. <laughs> so you have to submit those. And then on the Wednesday morning, this was supposed to be on the Tuesday, but I'm now on the Wednesday morning at like 7 a.m., so four or five hours before we actually start the event, we've got to go with your physical driver's license and the medical form and a whole load of other paperwork to do the sort of official scrutineering, all the checks. We've got to do them in person with everything. So, Which is not my fault. That's not my fault we've got to do that. No, that's not your fault. The, the problem will arise if you still don't have a physical driver's license by that point. Now, I will just come out and say... The team at Mila Milia, the Ferrari tribute for the Mila Milia, are being very good. They're very quick to respond. 
they're trying to be very helpful but there's only so much they can do in terms of bending the rules in the sense where this is paperwork that they require and we've known they require for three months Somehow. Just let me come because I'm an I'm a good laugh. I, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a convincing argument, but we're going anyway. So at this point in time, at time of recording, I have no idea if Tony's going to be on the Milo Milio or not. So after we did this big announcement, everyone got excited. We were excited. Somehow you've managed to screw it up. Oh no! Why can't I just come anyway? I can just come, mate. I don't want to bore people too much with this because maybe it will all get resolved, but. You are a co-driver, which means yeah. you don't have to drive. Of course, we planned on you doing some driving because yeah. it's a lot to take on and it would be fun if you drove some sections. But because you're co- you don't have to. So, And you do have a valid license. In the UK, by the way, you have a photo card license these days. We no longer have the paper version of the license. And it's the photo license which has valid to and from dates. It's basically it, a way for the DVLA to earn some money every five years. Exactly, because you have to renew it, update your photo, update your address, things like that. And it's that that can expire. But your actual driving license is theoretically valid for 60 years, you yeah. know, your ability to drive vehicles. And, and if you have to renew, you get a sort of confirmation that you can still drive. Um, but try explaining that to some Italians. <laughs> or any foreign for, country. Yeah, any yeah, foreign yeah. body. Because everything you send, every bit of paperwork you send them, it says the license is valid to, and on Tony's case, March 2022. So they're like, you don't have a license anymore. We're like, well, no, but he is valid to, dr-. anyway. So anyway, the long short of it, firstly, if anyone works at DVLA driving yes. and sees my driving licence, can you do it like now? Yeah. Or, or even better, can you find it, please? If yes. any of you watch, and can you get it back to me now? Yes, we're going <laughs> to be calling tomorrow, I think about 15 times an hour, we're going to be calling DVLA. Yeah. Can you just do whatever you can do to rush this through? I'll pay. Yes, we'll pay everything that we can pay. Um, so yeah, a little bit stressed. As I say, you got me flapping. Flapping with jet lag, which I just can't bear. You said something, I can't believe you've never experienced jet lag. That really blows my mind. No, I haven't. Well, you I wouldn't need, have ever. We, we need to get you to travel more. Yeah, but mate, look, look, this is another thing as well. People all say, well, flipping out. I can't believe how comes he's not been really long all. Well, firstly, because I've been de- in, in, indebted to my business for 20 years. I... I can't go on holiday physically myself for longer than a week. Get I can't bored, sit, get itchy feet. Yeah, I like to, I've got to come back. I've got to come back to work. I, I like to be at work, you see, because I like to be in control, apart from paperwork. But but it, it's hard for me to go on holiday and switch off. I, I'm still on my phone. No, no. You know what I mean? So, that's fine, though. But do you like to experience new places? Absolutely. That's why I do loads of driving tours, because I, I like to... When you go on a driving tour, as you know more than anyone, you see stuff you'd never, ever see. Instead of going to visit in a country, you go to Spain or you go to Portugal or France or whatever, you normally go to one place, a resort, and you're in a resort, which is fine. And you fly and fly out. You fly and fly out. So all you get is a bit of sun and pissed and whatever. Sure. Fall in the pole. <laughs> yeah, all right. Touch the maids up. Whatever oh. you decide to do. <laughs> all right, whatever. So um, when you drive, you see stuff that you would never, ever see. And I've seen some of the most beautiful places because I've driven. I think what you will find, or I hope what you would find, is if you travelled a little further afield, you would get those experiences, whether you were flying or driving. I mean, a lot of these places you can't drive. It would be a bit unrealistic. But for example, if I took you to Japan and we just literally sat in Tokyo in a hotel, your mind would be blown, I think, because it's a culture shock. And okay, fine, there are parts of the world that you could go to, Australia, America, where I think you'd feel 
everything's quite familiar, just on a grander scale. But there are definitely parts of the world, parts of Africa, parts of, uh, yeah, Asia mainly, I suppose, where I think you would just be like, whoa. There's two places I would really like to go to, that, apart from the obvious mm-hmm. places. One would be Bali. Yeah, amazing. I'd love to go there. And, and Vietnam. Yeah, I'd love to go to Vietnam. Absolutely. So they're two real big ticks for me that I would like to do because I know that they're really different to, yeah. to going to like... Spain. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no, but even no, like going to America sure. or, you know what I mean? South America, I'm desperate to do Patagonia. I'm desperate to do Patagonia I, I, and Chile. Oh, I just, yeah. What about Argentina and all that? You yeah, done all uh, that? Brazil? No, I, I've never done anything in South America. Right. Never been to South America. So I would love to do all of that. And Central America, I suppose as well. But yeah. Mexico? Uh, I don't think I've been to Mexico. I don't think I've been to Mexico. I mean, there's not many places you've not been to, but... I've been spoiled in that. You have, yeah. You're well-travelled. Yeah. Um, for any viewers in Mexico or I Argentina... I think we do. I think we do, but we don't... Brazil. Obviously, we don't speak Spanish, so... Do you get shot at? I mean, is that... Do you get shot at? <laughs> I think in parts of Mexico you do if you're involved in the wrong cartels. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, all I'm doing is encouraging you to go out and explore, like I just did in Canada. So, yes, I'm fresh back from my trip to Canada. It was a very short trip. If you watch the main channel content, you'll know that I mainly went for family. So a uh, new nephew in our family, my sister-in-law uh, had a little baby a year new ago. New baby? New baby. Broody? Broody. Who, Did it make what? you Broody and Vicky? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was an adorable baby. I guess, hey, look, I got married last year. Babies are never going to be that far away, right? Like it's part of life. So I think I've always wanted kids. So it didn't necessarily make me go, I want a kid now. I think I've always just been like, yeah, Kids, cool, sick, ready. Oh. If anything, it made me think, wow, there are a lot of responsibility. Huge. <laughs> that was the only thing that I was like, wow, that's this really take up all your time. <laughs> all your time. <laughs> but uh, adorable, adorable little kid. And uh, it was great. And that, that's why I was going. So so uh, basically the majority of Vicky's family, well, actually all of Vicky's family travelled across. They were there for a couple of weeks. Uh, I could only make it for, for a few days, but um, wanted to make sure that I got across. So it was a short trip, um, sort of bookmarked by obviously the Tenerife Adventure and now the Mila Mila. But an awesome time. Good. Amazing time. Uh, fell in love with trucks. <laughs> We've spoken about this quite a lot recently on the podcast. Pickup trucks. Oh, I thought you meant like... No, no, not lorries. Yeah. Lorries. For <laughs> in America, or North America. I always call Canada America by mistake because they're so similar, mate. Oh, well, yeah. Culturally, accent-wise, visually, like it's a very similar vibe. But there's though- bears in Canada. Oh, yes. Oh, but there are bears in America as well. Are there? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I fell out with trucks. Normally, they're in most of the restaurants. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it felt like about 70% of people on the road were driving trucks. Okay. We're going to get into that. Pickups. Yeah, pickup trucks. F-150s. Like, but, but dude, yeah, I mean, calling it a pickup truck is such an understatement because these yeah. things are bigger than some of our lorries. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they are huge. Love them. Love them. Love them. And the thing is like, they sort of don't really, like why do you have them? Because most people don't even use the flatbed in the back. This is what I don't get about the culture there. It's it's cool and they're amazing. And I'm like, I kind of wanted one and I thought, oh, maybe I'll buy a Ranger Raptor when I go back to the UK. But I was like, but then why? Because you just don't use the flatbed. Mm. Why is there such a huge culture? And is it a status symbol? Is it like us in this country rolling around in a Range Rover? You no, know, no, but is it's it S- sort of it's thing? SUVs. It's bigger than a Range Rover. Yeah, yeah. Because of course, in the pickup truck world, there's a, just a huge variety. Like the variety is terrifying. Yeah. So it's the SUV segment. Yeah. So so what we have in Europe and at least in the UK, this kind of obsession with SUVs. It's their truck. That, yeah. that that's for them for trucks. Yeah, okay. So. 
I don't think it always makes sense. Just like we don't necessarily need SUVs. You don't need a truck, but everyone just gets them. Yeah. And it's hard not to kind of fall in love with the idea of it. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, so yes, I'm very excited for Ranger Raptor to come along this new V6 one with the updated front end and stuff like that. Um, I think it'll be really, really cool. But some other exciting things happened in Canada. Most notably, maybe the big reveal of my GT3 I didn't, I, and I actually watched that video because I wanted to see what toilet he was going to talk and I wanted to see if he was going to drive a manual or a PDK yeah. and he drove a manual yeah, and I cool. thought, oh no. <laughs> but I was just driving a manual. I didn't say I'm buying a manual. No. I, Go on. It does my head in, basically. I do not understand for the life of me why you would want a track-focused car and put a manual gearbox in it. I honestly cannot get my head around it. The PDK is miles better. And actually, because of social media and journalists, you'll see now, especially in this current generation, and this is all your lots for, this is you lot. It's all your fault. Sure. Go and buy the manual, 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 manual. It's all I hear, manual. Now, there's more manuals for sale than there are PDKs. Well, I hope that teaches you a lesson. Because in the old days, what used to happen is it was 80% PDK because that was the car to have everyone, which is what I always say. So don't listen to him or any of the other journalists. Listen to me. You've all gone and bought manuals. They're all going to have a fundamental poo because there's loads of them. And you're all going to go back to PDKs because that's actually the better car. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to take a breath? No. <laughs> And I'll tell you another thing that really annoys me as well. This is really off topic, but I've got to say it because it really pissed me off this morning. I was in the petrol station. There's an electric car on the pump. <gasps> I was. Were they trying to put petrol in? No, the- no, 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 no. It was one of. The, it's always in London petrol stations. It, it infuriates me. Do you know, do you know what I'm going to do in future? What? What? But can I ask first? What were they doing? They've gone in the shop. Ah, to get some sweets or whatever. Okay, that's a, that's atrocious. It's atrocious. So what mate. are you going to do? So what I'm going to do Slash is slash tires. No, 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 no. When I go to the petrol station and I want to go, I'm going to go and park in one of their bays. Ah, with a pet. No, in a charging because they can park with that. Yeah, sure. Bastards. I think uh, no. I and you know what? That is actually appalling. And there's a part of me that thinks they're doing it on purpose. There's a part of me that thinks I'm saving the universe. Yeah, I'm saving the world. I'll just park here. So I'm going to park here so you can't put your your filthy gas in your little gas guzzler Out and kill all it. my children. Disrespectful. Yeah, no, that's actually okay. Boo. Yeah. Boo to you. Let's just go back to your rant a second ago. Yeah. Um, the veins have stopped stop popping out of your head. Uh, so I feel like we can address this. <laughs> Firstly, calm down. <laughs> like, like, firstly, just take a breather. Uh. We're going to get into the fact that I haven't yet said if I'm getting a manual or PDK. You have, That's, though, no, said no, no, no. many times no, 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 no. you prefer the manual to the yes. PDK. Right. So, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin on this. I actually don't want to dwell on this too much. Because, I do. No, no, because this is like a weekly chat now on this podcast. <laughs> Good. Firstly, Tony, as we keep saying and reminding people, get whatever you want. Correct. If you prefer the manual, get the manual. If you prefer the PDK, get the PDK. There's, this is my problem, though. Yeah, there shouldn't be a pressure. And okay, I'm going to agree with you here. Because when I was in North America, not actually America... There was this whole thing of like, oh yeah, get get the manual. Like, oh my God, here, like everyone gets manual. If, if you're thinking about resale, get the manual. Because there has been a bit like paint your GT3 green. 
there's been this kind of social media influx of a green manual 911. Ah, it's the dream. Ah, that's the ultimate combination. Let's all just have a little bit of you, just a bit of creativity again. Let's all just think for ourselves for two seconds and actually go and buy the car that we want, that we would like, not what we think social media is going to give us a big thumbs up for. If if you're going to do that, be a YouTuber or be an influencer because then it's just about acceptable. In in my world, I could just about justify choosing a color or a spec for social media approval. Because your job. It's my job. Yeah. I need to garner likes and engagement and attention. Yeah. But if you're just an individual person, you don't have to choose green if you're getting a PTS Porsche and you don't have to choose manual so that people will go, oh, proper driver, like. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah. That pressure is wrong. But here in the UK, according to Porsche Guildford, the absolute heroes who've given me an allocation, I think they said it's as high as 80 or 90%, at least from them and what they've heard from other dealers, are ordering PDK for this new GT3. Fair enough. And my whole argument, if you really had watched my video... I did watch it. ...is that I think the 992 is really on the border of suiting PDK more than manual or as an alternate. Now, we've been through this so many times and we we tend to be very repetitive on this podcast. Those of you that watch regularly, I think you enjoy that sometimes, but I'm sure sometimes you're like, move on. So as I say, I don't want to just keep banging the drum, but there are certain cars, F8 Tributo, not interested in a manual F8 Tributo. Well, that's why they don't do one. I'm not interested in a manual 599 GTO. Sometimes I personally, and I'm not telling you this is the right thought, but I personally prefer a manual over an automatic or PDK or whatever it could be. Some cars, as I say, like the GT3, for me, I know that's a track car for you, but for me, I'm mainly going to be using that car on the road. I'm buying that car for the engine. I'm not necessarily buying it for aero, trackability, suspension, yes, road feel for sure. And I know it's a track car, but I'm mainly going to be using it on the road. And for me, it's the engine... It's the engagement, it's the feel I get, and the reward that I get from shifting the gears manually, like my 360. Fair. So that's that's my preference. So you're not you're not buying the car then for what you actually for what it's built for. Not necessarily, but it is a road and track car. The Correct. three RS is really built and focused around the track. For the road. The whole point of the GT3 is it's supposed to be a road version, which is, is very good on track. Correct. So and also Again, use the car how you like. Correct. If I want to go and buy a 488 Challenger, make it road legal, up to me. Yeah. You know, like, okay, that's not its purpose. Just like someone with a P1 GTR making it road legal. Bit ridiculous, but do it. Why not? Yeah. If I'm going to go and spend all the money because GT3s have been going up in price, and I'm talking about retail price over the last not manuals. Or so. No, no, no. Bog standard list price is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. List prices have been going up yeah. by about 5 or 10K since they originally You've got to buy a watch. No, I don't have to buy a watch. Oh, well, that's a, that's the first because most people have bought GTVs have had to buy a watch. I have to buy the watch. Well, it's the are, biggest con ever. I think the, still in the UK, there's lots of things you still can't actually choose for GT3s, which if I'm really honest, and Porsche Guildford wouldn't ever say this, maybe I'm making assumptions. I think I've only got a slot because so many people would have said no because, for example, you can't get carbon ceramics. There's a few other things which you can't get, which I can't remember. They're clearly things that I don't care about because... Otherwise, I would have known. But you very limited on very limited on interior. Yeah, you can get club sport, but yeah. very limited on interior options. Right. So traditionally, I think in the UK, winged cars you can only get the black interior. Right. 
But on the tourings, you can kind of go crazy with interior suites. But at the moment in the UK on tourings, you can only get black interior. So mm. there's lots of things which are limited. So I get the feeling some of their big customers that they would usually go to prior to me because, okay, fine, I bought a couple of cars from Porsche Guildford, um, the 718 Cayman S, the 911 T, and they looked after the 996 a bit. I'm fully aware that I'm not that high up on their list. They're a proper dealership doing lots of different people. But I get the feeling a few people have gone, ah, I'll take a 4RS instead. I'll wait for the 3RS. I don't want the GT3 slot if I can't have ceramics, if I can't have the interior one, et cetera, et cetera. Well, to be fair, I would have... Uh I would have not wanted a GT3 without ceramics or bits of other just yeah. no, I don't want it. And I'm assuming, I say, may, maybe they, may, hey, look, I don't know how it all works. Maybe they're just like me. I like them. Um, and, <laughs> I like and, them. They must like me. <laughs> and they give me an allocation, which is fantastic. But, yeah, yeah. but you know, as I say, I'm, I'm realistic and we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. Porsche, you know, uh, the, the chain, the ladder, the Ferrari ladder. Yeah. And, you know, fundamentally, I'm aware that I probably wasn't that high up. Uh, maybe this will get me higher up. But uh, hey, look, it's an exciting time. But but genuinely, Tony, I promise you, I haven't fully made my mind up yet as to PDK versus manual because I need to go and spend more time in a PDK 992. I've only driven one very briefly. I've driven, I've now driven the manual variant quite a lot and I know I love it. I know I'm happy. I just want to spend a bit more time in a PDK one. You, obviously, you plan to do loads of miles, right? Oh yeah, all the miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what one I'd have. I know what one you'd have, but but let's wait and see. We got, unfortunately, we've got a long wait. And I did tease this maybe a month or so ago that things were happening this year. This was one of the cars that I teased that kind of came out of nowhere and has surprised me. Hence, why I'm having to shuffle around my situation a bit because yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, the deposit was a lot of money, and uh, when the car actually turns out, it's going to be even more. But luckily, I've got a bit of time, so you know, I, I don't think it will be until next year. Who knows? It could be this year, but I don't think it'll be till next year. And then there is something else on the way. But oh. You know about the other. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on. That was very exciting. Big announcement. Very exciting. Lots more to come at some point later in the year. I'll leave it there for now. And I think sort of, you know, post the summer, we'll, we'll pick up the GT3 chat and see what's going on. Um, I wanted to quickly preview Goodwood, which is obviously coming up in a couple of weeks now. Are you going? Of speed. <laughs> okay, I'll let you in on a little secret. <laughs> I actually wasn't planning on going. <laughs> Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a year off. You know, being there, done that. Took a year off. I got some other stuff going on. I'm now basically going every day. Are you? <laughs> I, got some, I got some very nice invites. I got some companies and brands that I work. They're like, we'd love you to come. And I was like, ah, screw it. But also because there's a whole load of stuff launching at Goodwood this year. And I was like, actually, I'm, I'm actually quite excited. Okay. I'm not excited to go for three days because it's exhausting. <laughs> but I'm excited to go for a day and see all the stuff. And I've brought up a list of what's being what's expected to be unveiled okay. at Goodwood. So I thought we'd just run through it real quick. Firstly, most importantly, it's a BMW year. So I think BMW M are the main title partner for Goodwood this year. So we've got M3 Touring yep. confirmed to be unveiled. Yep. Yep. Finally, which I think we can't wait about. People yep. people will go nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be everywhere. People yeah, yeah, yeah. M4 CSL in the flesh. Yeah. Be interested to see well, what that looks like in the flesh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip past something called the Fisker Ocean. No interest. Yeah, Fisker. I mean, Sorry. On. Ranger Raptor. Yes, oh, please. yes, please. Yes, please. Can't wait to see if that's... It's not going to sound good because it's 2022, but just I just want to... It's still got a petrol engine in it. Yeah, I mean, V6, Fair mate. play to him. Fair play. Going to be mega. Uh, there's an electric Genesis coming again. Lexus LFA. So this is the... I don't know if it's going to be called the LFA, but this is the sort of successor to the LFA. Is it is it? an all-electric supercar. Oh. Yeah. But from Lexus, could be exciting. Still quite a way away. 
It's not till about 20, 2028, 2020, or 2030. But well, they're announcing it now. But they're announcing it now. This concept. Good, concept. Right. It's going to be their big shouty, this is our future direction. Right. Which I think is cool. MG GT 63 SE performance, like the big yeah. stupid... Uh, I'm not that bothered about seeing that, though. Um, Cayman GT4 E performance. I'm actually very intrigued to see mm. or find out more about because hybrid car or full it's electric? the full electric right, one. Because obviously, we now know Cayman is going full electric Correct. for the next generation. Yeah. And this is a a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. In at what? a GT department electric Cayman might be. Yeah. And the people that have driven it were saying it's pretty damn cool. It's got like a thousand horsepower. Yeah. So I think it looks pretty special. It looks like a 911 from the outside. It looks like a 911 RSR from the outside. There you go. There's a little picture of it. But that's a Cayman. That's based on a 718 Cayman plan. Okay. Fun. Sport Classic. 911 Sport Classic. Yeah. Keen to see. That Pro Drive thing that we talked about, the return of the um, 22B style thing. And that's it at the moment from the list that Autocar have got. I think there are a couple of other little sneaky things in there. Mm. But I mean, like, that's why I'm quite excited. Are you, are you going to go? Are you no. Gonna, not at all? No. Even if someone invited you? If, if someone invited me, I'll do a day. But, yeah. But no, mate. I've, no. I've been there, seen there, done it. I'm not interested. And there's not really anything on there that really, 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 oh my God, I want to go and see it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be intrigued to have a look at the Touring M3, but... It's basically an M3 of a boot. Everyone's going to get far too overexcited about that car. They really are. I really hope that people give... They'll get load. it in green with a manual. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really hope that people go and give loads and loads and loads of money over lists for them cars, the early ones, and serves them right because they're going to lose a load of money because there will be millions of them because mm-hmm. BMW are not stupid and they will churn them out because they know the hype for them. So uh, don't give over lists for them, for God's sake, because you're going to get your you do. bottom spanked, basically. So, but yeah, apart from that, mate, there's nothing on there that I really, I'm over Goodwood. Like, I'm, yeah, I think I've it done happens. it so many years, like I'm fed up with it. It's still, I would say globally, one of the best automotive events that you can ever attend. But I mean, Especially I've probably, yeah, of course, if you've yeah. never been, but I, I've, I don't know. I think I've probably been eight years on the trot Amazing. Now. And, and doing 
doing it from a professional point of view as in working across the four days creating content it is exhausting it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a one of them everyone knows it. if you're in a job that has to go and work at um, what they call big uh, conferences or big yeah. shows like it, it is tiring when you're working flat out mm. um, and so yeah that's why I was like I'll take a year off this year there's plenty of other things going on but now I'm going and now I see what's I'm, I'm, I'm excited again fair so enough we'll see anyway the main topic for today is two cars that well we've kind of found out more about in the last week or so have we that I think potentially are both disappointments. Oh. Do you know where I'm going with this? No. Let's start off with the first one that maybe you won't be so vitriolic about. Mercedes, AMG, Project One. Yeah. And uh, it's very ironic, is that the word? That they've basically got it going basically the same time as the Valkyrie. I see what you're saying. You think that they were just like, we've got to get this out now. Oh, Valkyrie's so. finally on the road. We've... Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe. But I also think financially, someone up at the top of level just went, just finish that down. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is costing us far too much money now. Genuinely. Yeah. So obviously, I was trying to think back and I did a little bit of research. I reckon the first official rumours of this started back in 2016. Oh, well, I was going to say 15, but... No, okay. but you might not be wrong. Like, yeah. I think maybe some sort of, you know, quiet between... I remember there was a very early Geneva when it was kind of being rustled around and some big collectors were like, oh, I got invited to this meeting with Mercedes. It was obviously post-Mercedes dominant 2014 year. Yeah. So 2015 would be the would have been the earliest, but the earliest articles I could find with any kind of official confirmation from Mercedes was 2016. Right. So let's assume that that was the And is it the 2014-15 engine? Basically. Right, okay, fine. And at the time, there was a lot of sort of hope and and expectation, essentially. So let me just find the actual article. Uh, This was the 2016 one, um, which was just, yeah, I say the initial rumours, and it was a bit of an outline of it, saying that they're going to transfer the sort of the engine technology. um, It's going to use all the kind of, it's basically going to be a Formula One race car with a body usable on the road. And it is to shed a little silhouette. Um, It's about, they reckon around a 1300 horsepower um, and very lightweight was kind of what they were thinking. Yeah. Then we got an article about a year later which was kind of more official, where they started to give a bit more of a breakdown, which was around 1,000 horsepower, more than 670 horsepower coming from a single turbo, 1.6 liter V6, which is essentially the Formula One car, and 320 horsepower coming from two electric motors at the front axle. Yeah. And they're trying to break it down. And at the time, they reckoned that you're going to do about 0 to 125 miles an hour in in sub-six seconds. Right. Um, And then their top speed of around 217, 218 miles an hour. Now, I remember shortly after all this, there were sort of rumours of issues with development of the car. And you heard things about, you know, customers getting emails from Mercedes saying, look, we're struggling with this engine. If we were to start again, what engine would you want to go in the car? People were like, a Formula One engine. Yeah, yeah, That's what we've bought. And look, we are what? Five, six, six years later? Six years in, yeah. And finally, after us slamming it, for years on this podcast and going, where is it? What's happened to it? And lots of rumours and stories. Mercedes have said, okay, it's here. This yeah. is it. And I think everyone read the article and went, oh, because a few big stats came out that were like, well, this isn't quite what we thought. Firstly, car's not available in America, which I think would have ruined a whole lot of big collectors because I'm certain 
lots of the big US collectors would have tried to have their hand in for one of these cars, now suddenly can't have it. Left-hand drive only, fine. We've seen that many times from... Not available in America because of emissions? Yeah, so Mercedes have said they weren't willing to compromise on their vision, which they would have had to have done to make it legal in America. Right. <laughs> Suggest to me that... Which is probably going to be their biggest market or would have been their well, biggest Well, yeah, market. I mean, definitely going to be one of them. But yeah. also, sometimes manufacturers will do that because, well, yeah, you say they've run out of money or patience or will. Yeah. Um, okay, fine, US, it is hard to sometimes get things greenlit, like, you know, when they're ex- as extreme as a Valkyrie or, or Pagani, stuff like that. But people have done it. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a blow. Left-hand driver only, fine. But then the actual stats. Firstly... It's around 1,000 horsepower, which... About a tonne. Actually, I don't know the weight. Let's yeah, have a quick look at the I think the it's one-to-one, one, I think. Um, I think it's very similar. But in... What's pounds to... um Pounds to kilograms? That's what they were aiming for. About well, but, the, but this is the whole thing, what they were aiming for. No, 1,700 kilos. Oh, no, they've, they've balls... So it's not going to be that fast. Okay. Uh, so, 1,000 horsepower, which as I say in today's age, is not all that. It's not record-breaking. But I think the big stat that people were like, oh, was the 0 to 125 miles an hour, 0 to 200 kilometers an hour, seven seconds. Right, which is SF90 speed. Slower. Yeah. So, the big thing about this is that, firstly, their initial claim was sub-six seconds, yeah. which would have put it up there as one of the fastest cars in the world. Yeah. But What's a Chiron? Okay, so I've got the list, essentially. That speed doesn't get it into the top 10 fastest cars in the world. So this list is by Supercar List. There's a few others that we've compared. But to give you a rundown, a Chiron Pure Sport, 5.5 seconds, 0 to 200 kilometers an hour. Chiron Super Sport, 5.8 seconds. Pininfarina Batista, 6 seconds. A normal Chiron, 6.1. We've got Tesla, Model S played 6.2 seconds, nearly a second quicker yeah. than the Mercedes Formula One car for the road. Yeah. SF90 Stradale, 6.3 seconds, yeah. seven tenths quicker. You've got a McLaren Speedtail, 6.6 seconds. Koenigsegg, 6.6 seconds. Another Bugatti. Even a Bugatti Veyron, 2010 Bugatti Veyron, 6.7 seconds. Yeah, it's not record. McLaren Senna, 6.8 seconds. McLaren P1, six, a LaFerrari quicker 6.9 seconds the amg1 at seven seconds is the same as a 765 lt i was gonna say at at seven seconds is 765 pista gt2 rs it's all that you know within half a second that's what they do mate and this is the thing is that it's a joke this was right this was uh heralded as yeah, Formula One car that you can live with day to day. Yeah. Unbelievable performance. This incredible engine. The SA one to one power weight ratio. Like everything was going to be amazing. Like a racing car, like a full on racing car for the road. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've we've waited all this time, 2015, 2016, those those initial rumors came out. And now it's just not relevant performance. Not no. only do, is there this huge question mark about how, how are you going to be able to run this car from a servicing point of view to an update point of view to the technology point of view, because people are talking about rebuilds every like two or 3,000 kilometers or something like that. Like yeah, yeah. engine rebuilds are a joke. Maybe, okay, maybe that was a bit too extreme, but there's definitely maybe 20,000 kilometers. Yeah. So it's going to be this kind of absolute pig of a car that actually... In the grand scheme of things, we're just talking about competition. Okay, look, this is still outrageous speed. You know, these are some of the fastest cars in the world. But if you're making a Formula One car for the road and asking all the money, 
actually... It's two and a half million euro, right? Yeah. yeah. If you were a collector, would you not be going, I'm kind of over it. You know what I would be most angry about, about all of them, is the weight, mate. Yeah. Because, yeah. because a, a thousand horsepower... I mean, how much more can you get? You know, I know the Chiron's fifteen hundred horsepower, and but most of them cars there are between seven, eight hundred horsepower to a thousand ish horsepower. Take a couple of the stupid ones away, mm-hmm. but it's the weight that kills that car. I mean, Absolutely, they, 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 you know, they, 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 they're announcing that car as a, a full on proper race car for the road, and it pains me to say it, but just go and get a Senna. Yeah, go and have a Senna. Because they're six and a half hundred grand and you cannot fill the road as a road car. You cannot get any faster than the centre. Do you know where I think the coincidence is? The fact that this year Mercedes aren't the, the top dog. No, they're not. And if they fall, fall back in Formula One, if, when, if next year again they're not there, suddenly the hype, the impetus to go out and buy a that mark. engine, mm. you're suddenly a bit like, well, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. It was impressive in 2016 because they were dominating you were like I want the greatest engine ever built I want the Formula 1 World Champions car but now it's a bit like well we all move on I mean they might have missed the boat with that car I think so Mm, let's wait and see because maybe dynamically it'll be incredible to drive maybe they've gone in the Bugatti frame of mind where this is a car that you can live with every day it's not about out and out performance and out and out trackability I said they've sold it though I agree, but this is so. This is the fundamental problem. This is why I think it's a disappointment. Their initial pledge, their initial outline for the car, and where we've ended up—they're two very different things. They are, yeah, completely different. Valkyrie was the same, though, mate. Valkyrie was the same because I think both of them were just pitching for the sky, yeah, yeah, and being unrealistic. And they've had to, they both had to really like, you know, (laughs) and, and maybe it was trying to answer to the likes of Koenigsegg. And the answer to the likes of all these sort of companies and Bugatti, even though you like to slam them, who were just achieving near on the impossible when it came to power and performance. Yeah. And suddenly these manufacturers are like, God, we've got to do something. Yeah. The other problem I have with it is the price as well. And I don't care how special it is. Let's not forget it is a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know that it's going to be like, well, according well, to your stats, it's not going to be the latest it, and greatest thing. Uh, exactly. But it's going to be up there with with Chiron money and big ticket Ferrari money and stuff. I mean, they make A-classes, mate. They make 20 grand hatchbacks. For sure. They, they, yeah. they have really got to be careful with their price. I mean, I, I think they might have shot themselves in the foot with the American market. I don't think they're going to sell them all. I think well, they're, they're theoretically already all sold and allocated. But, but if you had been waiting for six years... yeah and you had all that money tied up, and then they announced this, I think a lot of people are going to go, I'm not that excited about it coming anymore. I, I'm, I've got a friend of mine that's got one. Oh, okay. Remember I told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to speak to him, actually, yeah. and see if he's, gonna, if he's actually still going to... Because um, whether he actually knows the full stats and specification, because well, they've, I, said, I, mean, I they've think announced he'll be it. shocked. I think they've announced it all. They must have... Because this was, I mean, they've invited, like, Shmi went and filmed it and stuff like that. So yeah. it's a proper official, yeah, yeah. this is the car. They've had everyone's money for five years, by the way, as a- well. Absolutely. Um, so I'm sure the customers would have found out, if not before, I'm sure um, all these press releases went out. Otherwise, Mercedes having a bit of a PR blunder. Um, but yeah, I mean, Car Magazine here, let me just see what they're saying. Uh, yeah, In case you've forgotten, understandable, it's been a while. So this is called <laughs> The One, was unveiled by Concept Form back in 2017. But as we said, there were definitely lots of... Uh, Rumours. The, yeah. headla- the headline numbers were, 
and still are big, but let's see, that was back in 2017. I mean, yeah, I'd be fascinated to know if you are a customer or a customer, are you still excited? Because the thing is, until it's been driven, we have to hold our breath because this was a bit like 918 Spider. Everyone knocked it. Even when it launched, people were like, oh, you know, especially in comparison to Laugh and P1. One of my favourite cars, though. But still, yeah. Ever. It, it's now, I think, you know, viewed as being one of the greats. So does this car really have an F1 powertrain? Something very close to, at least. The engine bit of the equation is very closely related to the Lewis's F1 car. Um, it revs no less than 11,000 RPM, lower than an How F1 How have they got engine. around the noise? God knows. Because that's not it's not going to be as loud as what they thought it was going to be because yeah. of these regulations. Yeah. It's due, uh, due to lower octane pump fuel, that's why I have to rev it lower. Generate 603 horsepower from the from the main engine. Unlike the F1 car, the hypercar is all-wheel drive. That's thing? why it's heavy. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the batteries. And the batteries as two well. Drive yeah. the, the, the electric motors, two drive the front wheels, and then there's a further 120 kilowatt attached to the V6 crank. Was it, ne- was it, never, um, was it meant to be real drive, was it? Of it, uh, originally. I don't know if it was meant to be, but I would have wanted it to be. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I just think, you know, we've slammed it and we're slamming it again. But I was, I, I, I was excited about that car, mate. Yeah. As, in, as in a ton, thousand horsepower, unbelievable um, technical masterpiece, basically. And now... After this into them stats, I mean, uh, I'm really not interested. On Car Magazine, they're listing it at 1,200 kilos, but maybe that's the dry weight. Because half a ton's worth of Everywhere else. uh, Yeah, well, good point. And what's he got? Everywhere. Hey, hybrid technology needs a lot of fluids. Um, Everywhere else is listing it at 1,600 kilos. Right. So someone can let us know which one's right. But anyway, let's wait and see. But one car which we can now discuss more because it has been driven who drove it i'm so nervous about saying this did you drive it no i haven't driven it yet but lotus amira reviews have come out no no seen any of them (laughs) no not really but i did see a clip of i don't even remember which one it was but one of them was trying to loosely compare it to an f8 tributo i don't know who like, was that? I, I can't remember which one it was, but at that point I just switched it off. I didn't even like listen because I thought it, it's a sixty grand Lotus. What okay, you so you about? need to you need to watch the. I don't know who that would have been. No, but I, I, I imagine it was I just saw a, a clip. Yes, because I watched three. I watched Evo, Autocar, and one other, and I thought all three were fairly negative. Um, the first headline, <laughs> the first headline I saw was four out of five stars. Yeah. Uh, Autocar and Evo compared them with Caymans, so Autocar had it against a Cayman GTS, and Evo had a GT4 there. They weren't doing a direct comparison, but they just happened to have a GT4 there at the same time. Of course, time. they did. Convenient. Um, and yes, neither of them were particularly like, oh my god, you know, if you watch either of those channels or. Th- outlets review a Cayman GTS they are like just they cannot say enough good things because oh, it's unbelievable uh, you know and that's a that's not a sort of you know headline grabbing car it's not a GT4 it's not a GT4 RS it's the GTS but it's a fantastic a, car there mate and in both those I can't remember who the other ones I, I, I watched was but um they're just a bit like you know okay well the engine's good but it's not special 
The gear change is not much improved from Amira, so maybe lags behind a little bit of the competition. The front end isn't quite as dialed in as maybe you would want. I think they seem to suggest the car is nice and fun, and they seem to have a good time. It seems playful. I don't know. Maybe I've got it wrong. And again, I don't like to judge too much until I've gotten behind the wheel. But I watched all that content and read a few bits and was like, Ugh. oh, did you think, oh, Tony was right? No. <laughs> yes, you did. Because well, I didn't, but I was loath to bring this up today. I, this, ben, find it. In a, in a clip. A I said, go and buy a Cayman. Just buy a Cayman. And interestingly, I would like to say now, let's see how many people back their deposits now after they start to see these reviews. Because when you start seeing a little bit of negativity on, on a car, because some of these people will be opportunists, they just want the overs, right? There'll be a lot of that because that's what people do. When they start seeing this little bit of negativity, they go, oh, I'll have my deposit back because I'm not going to earn any money out of this car. I don't really want the car. And, it, uh, you know, I'll just have the over sort of thing. And uh, uh, I will be proved right again <laughs> because they won't sell them all and then well, they'll be discounting them and then that's that. I need to read and consume more, but it's obviously telling that in the bits that I watched, I was like, uh, and on a personal point of view... I'm not less excited to drive it, but I'm just, I'm now more nervous. To, I'm more apprehensive. <laughs> because look, Amira, uh, sorry, Evora, Evora, mm. what was the one? GT 410 Sport, whatever. Like, Crap. Th- th- no, no, no. So me personally, I really enjoyed it. Okay. But there'll be a million, ju- there'll be a million people who would have picked the, the misgivings. Oh, you know, it's not that. Blah, blah, blah. But I really loved spending time with it. Yeah. And of course it was compromised in areas, but fine, I can look past that. So I don't, you know, these are these are journalists that I don't always agree with their opinion, but but I did listen to and watch people that I like and usually agree with what they say. So I don't know. I'm I'm still like. Ugh. Let me tell you what they're trying to do with that car, right? The Lotus, the what was that car you just told? Evora. The Evora was very focused on one particular thing for one particular customer. Mm-hmm. You either liked it or you didn't like it. The Amira. They're trying to make it good for everyone. Of course. And because they're trying to do that, they're going to cock it up mm. because they're used to making a car that's very specific. Yes, got it right. And uh, they've now got to make a car that's not that and that competes with a Cayman. has got to be more mainstream. And you can't that's compete tough. with a Cayman. I, yeah, I mean... I, you're right. I know, mate. I said this a year ago when they announced it. But I still think there's always room for competition and for difference, and that's the whole thing. So, like, for example, Road and Track, American magazine, the 2023 Amira is an all-time high for Lotus. So there's positives. It's not like it's a bad car. You're sitting there saying, oh, it's, it's a load of crap, blah, blah, That's definitely not what I'm getting. I'm it not saying it's a load crap. of crap, but... I think maybe I didn't say it was crap. I thought I felt like you did. No, no, no. I said I said it's not Cayman. Go and buy a Cayman, which is yeah. what I've always said. I'm not saying it won't be a good car. Mm. It's just that they're putting it right in the mainstream of some of the best cars that you can build out there, sports cars, and for manufacturers that have been building these sports cars forever. Yeah, they're asking similar money, and it just won't be as good. It's as simple as that because. Previously, they've made cars for a very special person. 
Okay, so here you go. This is topgear.com summary. Brilliant. The Amira does what Lotus set out to do. It gives you driving precision to the last degree and huge grip and poise, and yet it's practical enough not to put normal people off. It also looks brilliant. Yet I found myself wishing it had slightly less outright grip and more accessible emotions. So this is the thing. I think what I the gist I got is what you just said. By making it a bit more bland, mm. like so many... How many times do we say this on the yeah. podcast? Like so, By making it more accessible, it loses a certain something. And, and us as drivers, think of Lotuses as, yes, precise, focused, honed in. That thing, it's a very rewarding driving experience. Yeah. And by softening it off and making it too good, it's stepped away from a little bit of that Lotus. This is what these journalists are assuming. I can't wait. I still really want to have a go. Yeah. But I'm just a bit like, ah, uh, is it going to be a bit too bland? And maybe we're going to have to wait for the special variants. Maybe that's what's going to be coming and that's what's going to save us. I don't know. And hey, look, as Topki said, Emira does what Lotus set out to do. Yeah. Sell it for the masses. Sell it for the masses. Yeah. So maybe the... Ma- and what was another car? A Defender. Uh, what else have we talked about recently? Which actually sells by the bucket loads, but us as, as drivers are a bit like, oh, well, you know what? And you, you beat me up saying, no, but it's, it's a car that people- <laughs> Beat you up every week. Yeah, you know, day-to-day people want certain things. And maybe actually this is going to open up their market mm. and they are going to attract more people who didn't want that to find thing. Maybe journalists, purists like me, are the wrong people to pitch a mirror to. And maybe it's going to sell really, really well. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a very, very similar opinion about the GR Yaris because sure. remember when it come out, I couldn't get round my head that it was 15,000 quid more than Fiesta ST. But what I did get wrong is that it's so much more special than a Fiesta ST or the normal hot hatch. What, what Toyota done, which is maybe what Amira should have done or Lotus should have done, is that they made that, GR Yaris like no other little hot hatch mm. they can it compl- completely do- different doesn't compete with anything yeah. doesn't comp- so you either do that um, which is where I got it wrong because I just thought it would compete with everything else and it was just too much money and it was a bit of a gimmick but it doesn't it does sit on its own completely on its own but what they're trying to do is they're trying to do the opposite mm. with what they used to do. They used to have a car that really didn't compete with anything and for a special person and now it competes with everything for everyone but that's really hard to do mate it's very hard to do yeah i mean uh auto express four out of five uh verdict the Amira is a massively important car for Lotus and by and large it makes a decent fist of being Britain's alternative to the 718 Cayman. It goes well, sounds great, looks sensational, has an interior that's miles better, but there are some issues. The gear change isn't great and the chassis is quite soft in its responses. Mm. Overall, it's a strong effort, if not quite class leading. Yeah. Yet, as they say, yet. Yeah. Let's see if a special version is going to come. So. Well, look, our favourite brands, Ferrari. Yeah. We like them mm-hmm, we do. Be- because there is nothing that drives like them. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, there isn't a car out there that drives like a Ferrari. They have competitors, but really, they don't have competitors because there's nothing else like them. You know, there's you've got Lambo, and they all do things slightly different, but Ferrari are just a, 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 a bracket higher, essentially. Yeah. And that, that's what they should have been doing. 
Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. But let's wait and see. I, I'm hoping I say to get behind the wheel and I will then pass my final verdict. But yeah, two cars that I think, well, at least the Project One we've known is going to be a disappointment for quite a while. The Amira, I'm hoping is not a disappointment, but I would, I do feel like from the initial reviews, people are feeling a little bit disappointed. The Amira so. is loads more relative to our audience yeah. as well. I mean, I'm sure that, lots of people that, have got deposits. Yeah, and, sure. and, and, and does anyone really care about that? AMG thing apart from looking at it on social media because you're never ever going to RDC one you'd, you'd, you'd be lucky to even get in one for a start and um, you, really in general you, no one's really going to know who's got one no who Do cares, you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but the the, the, the apart Amira from Lewis posting sitting on his in Monaco somewhere <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why it's so slow because he designed it yeah maybe because he can't drive anymore he apparently part of it. <laughs> don't start that conversation <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> next week's episode will be from our first live event of the year, oh. which is happening this Sunday. This Sunday. Absolutely. So I hope right. you're going to, those of you that are attending, we can't wait to see you. Those I'll of be you there. That, well, I hope so. <laughs> Unlike the Mila Mila, we have no idea where you'll be for that. Um, but yes, straight after that event, uh, which I say the episode will go out next week, we then should be, hopefully, going on the Mila Mila together. I mean, God freaking knows. But no, you I really out. hope so, mate. And we'll somehow make it happen. We'll just bundle it. We'll forge a license. You must know people who forge documents. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but it's just a bit, might not be in my name. No, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will catch up with you very, very soon. If you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Grover with car sales on some most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. God, I can't speak anymore. That's the jet lag kicking in. <laughs> and yes, we'll be back with you very soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 